Welcome to 40 Years to Freedom Podcast. You're listening with Jen and the beautiful Anna V. How you doing tonight, babe? Hey, Jen. We're here. It is way, way past the time I'm supposed to be home feeding my kids. But we've been catching up and getting ready for your big trip that's coming up, which we're going to be joining you. I guess I'm joining you on Sunday, which is exciting. So exciting you get to meet my parents. Yeah. And we're bringing the podcast equipment and uh, we are going to Panama City Beach. I've never been to Florida before. Peace. CB is the Redneck Riviera of the South. I think I'm, I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. Why? Because I'm nervous. Okay, several reasons I'm nervous. Spill it. One, I know that there's alligators in Florida. There's not alligators yes. at the beach. Oh, well, I know that there's alligators. There's always shark attacks. No. Yes. Watch the news. Always shark attacks. And then... um the weather like i'm so afraid it's gonna be so hot and humid and i am just gonna be melting on the beach well that's a given it's gonna be hot and humid so i'm nervous but you can sit in the water i could sit in the water and drink margaritas you promise promise so my parents (laughs) they're gonna bring those little short chairs so we just sit in the water comes in and goes out perfect we sit there from sun up to sundown perfect it's gonna be awesome this is an annual trip I've done my entire life. It's so exciting to have y'all go. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't wait. I mean, it's I'm going to miss J.C. May. She's out living her best life. And I'm going to so, miss my kids. I wish my kids could go, but um, it's going to be fun. I These are, and I can't wait for the stories because this is when our podcast gets really good, is all the stories from when we're on the road. On the road. Or doing these fun things or going to shows and all that. So those have been our best podcast to date. Okay, so we have a question from a listener. Oh, oh yeah. And this is going to be so exciting. Okay, so Christy says, she sent me question of the day. And she said she wants to know, since the current Mega Millions is $1 billion, what would you do if you won? Um, This is easy. This is easy for me. Because if I win, everybody wins. That's oh, yeah. a given. Okay, so this that, is no lie because Jen has bought a lottery ticket before. I did. And, and she I, pulls it out of her and purse I'm like and I walk into to her man- office. <laughs> it. Like in my head, I manifest it like over and over and over again. So She's um, like, get in the getaway car. Who don't know that <laughs> didn't listen to a couple previous podcasts ago. Um, I went to my dad's house in Bend, Oregon for 4th of July. Now, when I drive there, it's like a six and a half hour drive. But I go through three states. Now, we live in Nevada. There's no lottery in the state of Nevada because we have gambling, right? Different. So there's no Powerball here. There's no Mega Millions. There's none of that. Well, the first state you hit is California. So you go from Nevada to California. California has Mega Millions and Powerball. So I always stop at this one store and I buy a ticket on both. And then when I get to Oregon, same thing. They have Powerball. They have Mega Millions. And then I'll do the same thing there. I and think I'm you like, you need to switch your store. 
I do have to switch my store because I buy it at the same damn store every time and I've never won. But it's not true, actually. This last time I was in my head, I'm like, on the way here, the money is spent. Like money has, is it's gone because I saw hundreds of acres for sale. I'm like, oh, that'll work. Perfect. Like there's a house for you and a house for you and a house for you. Like people say I want to start a cult. It's not a cult. I want to start compound. Like, a compound. Exactly. And yeah. everybody has their purpose. That is my, that is my goal. If I won a billion dollars, I would buy a giant piece of property and that piece of property would not be in any city. And everybody's just like, you're from LA. Don't you love the city? I hate the city. Me too. I hate it. I can't believe that I lived in big cities for half my life and survived. Like now when I go back, it's like ugh, my least favorite thing to do is, oh, we're going to LA. Fine. Mm -mm. I've no, never spent you. any time there, but people wonder how I survive here. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's because of the desert right here and I can get away into the big wide open and it feels like bigger space than what I'm used to, even though I'm from the sticks mm -hmm. in North Georgia. There's so many trees there that you don't feel the vastness of the area. Yeah. Right. Uh, so for here, you can see for forever. Forever. And the nice thing is, is that we're kind of tucked away back here. Right. Yeah. So it's different in our own little valley back here in Spanish Springs. Like if we don't have to leave the neighborhood, that's the best day ever. I think that I do what a 10 mile radius max. Unless we pack a suitcase. <laughs> not not me, because I got to drive all the way to South Reno to get Alyssa and to drop off Alyssa and then go do the banking. All of that is way on the other side of town. So it's I a lot. But I So I would to. buy hundreds of acres of land, build wells, do all that, get electricity going, and everybody would have like a 10-acre parcel. But everybody would have to do something to help it grow and flourish and to where we're growing our own produce we're um raising our own cattle and chickens and everybody's like that's what you want to do yeah this little girl from la i want cows and chickens and okay so you have <laughs> to follow five marys five marys five marys on instagram yeah you gotta follow her because she had a city life and her and her husband like sold out and then they moved to the middle of nowhere and they kind of started a homestead yeah and I followed her from a long time ago and now they do like weekend getaways and teach people how to do it and raising rodeo kids and stuff. Yeah. You'll think it's super interesting. Wait, is do you see it? Five Mary's as you spell it out. M A R Y S. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of the, all the kids, they have like four daughters and her and oh, everybody has Mary in their name. So it's five Mary's. She's out here somewhere. I never even really thought about that. Sometimes I forget that we're way out her. here. That, you know, like I'm not just. Five Mary's seven? Five Mary's Farms. Five right here. Mary's Farms. Yeah. So that's a really cool thing. Okay, so you would do a compound. I would have to say I do the same thing. I think I would do more of what I already love to do. And I had a podcast on um, All American Wing Shooting this morning. Oh, I morning. found it. You had to spell it. I was doing the number five. Yeah, so I'd spell it five. Okay. Yeah, so you'll love her. Five Marys is really cool. It's pretty real stuff. So anyways, um, if I want a billion dollars, I would just, I would want to have time to, to maximize the potential of my dogs more. I'd want to get to shoot more. Like I got to shoot clays today. 
but I didn't get to have a whole lot of fun because I just had to stick to the work plan. Mm -hmm. So I was just building content for a project. And so that didn't last very long. And just those things that I love to do, like it came out in the podcast this morning with a buddy of mine um, through SCI who's out in Montgomery, Alabama. And we talked about like the reason why we do what we do in the in the outdoor industry is just because we want to share our journey to motivate somebody else to build their own mm-hmm. and i was like i just want to do more of that so i'm going to do that whether i win a billion dollars or not but winning that but billion I dollars should I would write, make everything a little yeah, easier it would be so much easier and i could write those big checks and know like i'm doing <laughs> even more for conservation and yeah the outdoors and just like it's a really big deal to me now that I'm not in the South. I think I think more about quail population than I ever have, which is really weird. Maybe because the crazy quail run around the neighborhood here in the subdivision and it blows my mind. It's so funny because all the time uh, Tater will be with me and she'll be like, there's so many chucker out here. There's chucker just everywhere. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> They're actually dove. Oh, but they, they are the same size as a chucker. I don't know what she's telling you. Maybe she gets it right. I don't know. But she's pretty familiar with the birds. Chucker are more up in the mountains here, but they are here. Well, I, I just think it's funny because I'm one. just like, get out of my way before I run you over, bird. <laughs> so yeah, at dinner last night, I planned my first wild chucker hunt. And um, yeah, so that's what I would do with a billion dollars, Christy, is that I would do more of what I love and I wouldn't worry about, um, I don't know, jumping through the hoops of uh, female and the outdoor industry, probably. And not that I want to be negative about anything, but you know, there's a flip side to every paradise always yeah i would i would just love to do more of what i already do yeah i would build my compound and i would travel and well that's more what you already do no because i don't have a compound (laughs) i don't know my house and i feel like i rarely have time for my own kids which i remember tom asking me one time if i could do any job in the world for no money what would it be and i was like i'd be a mom like i would be a mom and i hated that whole mom thing when my kids were like infants and toddlers like that was the worst experience yeah, for give me. me a five-year-old why isn't that stork real but <laughs> now exactly. <laughs> exactly but now like that my kids are teenagers i feel like they need me more than ever and i feel like now i'm actually not as available as I was before because now I'm the single mom. Now I'm the one that has yeah. to all bring in all the income. I'm also the one that has to, um, my kids do opposite things now. So it's not like they're both in baseball and I'm taking them both to the same fields. One kid's in baseball and another k- kid is clear across town in guitar lessons. Yeah. And they won't even like, I don't want to go to each other's events together. Like and none of that. So it's like, I don't know if I won, a billion dollars. Well, the first thing we would have to do would be to buy a dang ticket. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to play we'd first. Have to, we would have to go buy a ticket. So I don't. I don't buy a ticket. Let's see. I've been to Vegas so many times for work events. Never even put a quarter in a machine. I'm. You can't even put quarters in machines. Oh, anymore. I didn't. Mean, it doesn't work. See, I'm not. Like um, have I bought a lottery ticket? I don't think that I have. I don't remember. I buy. I'm, I'm zero. I like to actual gamble. So I'm always a gambler. Like if there's a bet, I want in on it. If there's a um, like, what do they do at Super Bowl when they do the um, uh, like a big 
oh, when you buy the March squares. Madness no, no, no. I don't, I don't really, I don't like uh, ba- basketball, but they have like the big square thing and you like purchase a square and then they roll the dice. Oh, I forget what that's called. No idea. But like, I'll, I, I want to put $20 in it. I want, cause I feel like at one day between all the karma that I have stored up <laughs> of the bad that I've been through in life and the good is just ready to come out <laughs> that I feel like one of these days is going to be my shot. Like okay. one of these days it's going to happen. The only time that I ever do th- things like that is at Ducks Unlimited Banquets. I'll buy the cards, the $20 cards for a drawing where you, you toss your card in a certain bucket or something. And I love the silent auction table. I love silent auctions too. I love the silent auction I will Ducks outbid Unlimited. you at all. Stuff I don't even need. I'm like, oh, I want that. Taterbug was bidding against <laughs> me one time for this knife set. I'm like, pipe her down, you know? Like, this, we're, it's the same pocket. And she just thought it was hilarious. So... <laughs> Anyways, that is probably where I gamble. But I was a competition hunter. And now that I look back at it, that was a massive gamble. It was very expensive. Poor, you know, it was part of my career or whatever. So I just justified it as a business expense. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, there's so much luck in that game. If yeah. the bird's still there, you know, if your gun, you, I mean, rarely would I ever have a misfire or anything like that. But there was so much going on with the weather and, you know, um, scent conditions have to be just right depending on temperatures. And um, so that is a massive gamble. But during the moment, I could justify it. I can't. I mean, I could justify it way more than me just walking into a casino. (laughs) Again, I don't mind walking into a casino. So I don't I mean, I don't mind it, but I could just be your. You know, cheerleader. You're my cheerleader. I'll just cheer you on. Yeah. But the thing is, is I don't like to do any of that kind of stuff with people. Like, I, like <laughs> That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I really, I don't. Like, if I'm going to go and blow a hundred bucks at the casino, like, I don't need evidence. One, I don't need people, like, judging me. Like, I remember my best friend. Um, so I recently went to the casino not too long ago. We're going to say Jen needs accountability <laughs> Jen, right now. Jen does not <laughs> because this panned out in my favor. This was some of that good karma come back to me, right? So um, Gavin, we're going to get to the point of this podcast in a minute. But my son was on the all-star team and they had practice. And in between practice, he worked the snack bar to try and raise money for his team. Well, now I had to kill four hours. And I did my errands and I still had like two hours left. My son needed, and this is where it's going to sound terrible. My son needed cleats, which were a hundred dollars. He wanted these hundred dollar cleats. And yeah. I was just like, I don't really have a hundred dollars to go buy him new cleats because I just bought him new Nikes that were a hundred dollars. And I just got him a $300 bat. And it's just like, at this point I'm over baseball, right? I don't want to spend any more money on it. <laughs> this is hilarious considering <laughs> our topic. Right? Let me give you a forewarning. Our topic is parenting champions and jen is sitting here trash talking buying the equipment to build her champion (laughs) it's not it it's not it's it's just the end of the season and i'm ready for it to be done so when i have to buy a new pair of spikes that he hasn't needed this entire year but now for this one tournament he's gonna need spikes i'm pissed about it so i go to the casino it's a one kill time but Mind you, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I walk into the casino here in town and I, t- I had a hundred dollars in my purse and I put in $20, lost it, put another $20, lost it, 
put in $20. It built up to like 50 bucks. I hit one button and all of a sudden it's like all these things started going off. Girl, I won $2,200 while I was sitting there. Holy moly. Thank God you did. I was just like, and I was just like, yes. And then instantly I'm like, cash out. Let's go, go. And I was super nervous walking to my car because uh, I mean, the casinos are in the best neighborhoods here in town. So that I'm like, oh my gosh, should I have security? Like walk me out. Like, cause I have all this cash in my purse, but I took care of it. Like I just walked and hustled to my car and got in my car, but picked up my son. I was on cloud nine. I'm like, we can get you any shoes you want. We're going to go to lunch. Here we're gonna go. What do you guys want to go do later? And it was just like it was just so refreshing because I needed that moment for myself, just for myself, just so I could validate going and spending a hundred dollars on a pair of tennis shoes. Just so I could go and take my kids out. To it a was really nice just thing. a crazy run of luck that you invested sixty dollars to win that. I know, right? Jen, reality so this is, is the best part of the story. Is I took a picture. I took a picture of the machine because okay. it like is like big winner and then it's all um what did it say what, what kind of machine was this like you just pull the, the uh, they don't do anything like that now oh. now that's all buttons but <laughs> and nothing drops like coins don't drop a ticket pulls out it's I'm not even as cool as it used to be and not even close off. it's not like that at all <laughs> and um so it, all these things are going off and it's all um what did it say because i took a picture of it and i sent it to my girlfriend and she instantly writes me back and she's like i think we need to talk about your gambling problem <laughs> she's like jennifer it There's is 9 30 in the morning and you're at the <laughs> casino and i'm like i had to kill an hour dang it i had to kill an hour and i did and it paid off for me so but it said like, like i would have gone to a coffee shop and read like or listened to one of my audible books not me i'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna go to the casino we have already established this though <laughs> i'm the boring one no okay so well jen's looking for a picture here of my winnings my casino winnings we are going to talk about the topic from last week about parenting champions and what I've learned from that, and because of my shooting career, I was introduced to a program by Lanny Basson that was this, he also wrote the um, the same program that I was trained for my shooting um, about parenting a champion. And really, like, at the end of the day, it's super simple. I'm going to tell you what it boils down to, and we're going to come back to your picture. Don't lose it. <laughs> you know, we've heard for forever, like, your glass is either half empty or half full right correct so if we take that mentality and we choose the positive side of our glass is half full and we live with that humble grateful heart we create a positive environment to not address issue right there are times we're going to fail there are times we're going to miss the mark those things are reality but if we don't look at it in the negative and we look at it in the positive because it's the same thing. I mean, like, you can either say, I failed at baseball today. I didn't hit a ball. Or tomorrow, I'm focusing on my hitting. You're saying the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I need to work on my hitting. So when you, when you transition the way that you talk to others or you talk to yourself, it literally bleeds through your entire life. I put this into practice. And I was probably a super negative person because of the environment that I was in. So it's crazy how environments play into our success, our decisions, our future, just our journey in general of life. 
So my coach made me, this was a long time ago. I mean, not a long time ago. We established earlier this morning that I haven't even been doing this 10 years yet, but right at it. So I just done a lot of miles in it, right? So within Which the last equal like, six to years. dog years. we've been dog years, <laughs> yeah. I had to keep a journal that, we, you know, I had to be upfront with him about. And sometimes like it wasn't really pretty and it was really hard to be vulnerable and things like that but i wanted to be my best self so bad that i was like i'm gonna trust him with my darkest secrets you know the skeletons in the closet and i i just want to see what that feels like to Mm -hmm. just be proud of who you are and what you're doing and find that place to where you just want to you know can't wait to get up in the morning and go to work and and so i was like okay i'm gonna do this journal thing and so every day that's what i would have to do like we fail or drop the ball every single day so i would journal about that but i would have to write it in a positive thing because that way like a lot of times we stand in our own way Mm -hmm. because of fear of failure because of our past baggage that we still have yeah those are also like triggers that we take into other relationships whether it be new jobs or just relationships with anybody Um, So it helps with those triggers, too, to where you can see life through fresh new eyes and you automatically start seeing the positive. But you have to train your mind to think like that. Mm -hmm. So creating that environment, the way that you react to things, your kid's going to duplicate that. Yep. So my poor mom is like, she don't step out of her um, security box very often. Like she just stays in her little comfort zone. And so everything that I wanted to do, like living on the edge just freaked her out so i used to think one thing of her because i didn't realize she was reacting out of fear because she loved me because it made her a nervous wreck it never really was that she didn't think that i could do it but she was scared of failure and the unknown right so her reactions started making me have doubt Mm -hmm. and this is as a little kid right like i was a rock star athlete did all these super cool things but it was like you'd get to the cliff of right where you were going to experience like the busy, biggest success ever. And then you like slam the brakes on. And then you like can't your talk, talk yourself off the cliff. So this book, it's called um, Parenting Champions. I read it and I thought, man, oh, man, I have to really pay attention because I've got a rock star kid. At that time, JC was riding horses all over the southeast. And one day she's like. I think I'm going to win Golden Horse. She was like 14. And this is like for 18 under. I said, this kid has flipping lost her mind. Like, we don't have the money to have that massive, fancy, finished horse. She's having to build horses. And um, we were having to be really strategic with the trainers we use. Have to find horses with lots of potential. She was a really, really good rider. She had killer talent. But she couldn't just go in there and have a push button which would have more consistency, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like with you with the, the baseball thing that you're experiencing right now. So I was like, holy crap, like I have to commit to this because you can't tell a kid that's willing to put in the work that it's impossible. Yeah. But that's what I felt like inside, and I'm a go-getter. So we had to travel to all these different trainers, haul horses, live in, live in the horse trailer, take our baths in the shower stalls with the horse i mean like we did some crazy stuff for one summer but that kid won golden horse which is a palomino show she she had top points of anybody there in her age group 
and she showed in classes that she'd never even showed him before. And it taught me the biggest lesson. That was before I had this training. I didn't know how to apply what I'd learned and I couldn't break it down into the steps. But I knew that there was more to my parenting than what I experienced. Like I literally just said, okay, well, we'll get you the best that we can offer, but you have to do the work. And I didn't know how to even make the most of the the opportunities that I was given as a parent during that time. I just was as supportive as I could be, right? So um, after reading that book, I was like, okay, well, luckily I get one more chance with a little tater bug. And how we communicate in the environments that we build and how that reflects on our kids' confidence. Which is key to everything it's that they do. It's so key because you experienced it today with Gavin and we were doing like backflips in the kitchen. Yep. Yeah. So if I go back, so the baseball, well, again, I have the twin boys. So again, it's hard for when you say parenting a champion, Gavin is it's in hopes that Gavin's going to be a champion baseball player one day, but Caden might not be a sports kid, but it's in hopes that he will be a champion guitar player in my eyes or in some rock star band, something cool. Right. But yeah, I mean, a champion is your own definition of exactly. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sports. Right. So backstory, um, Gavin's baseball player. He's been playing since he was four. It was his dad's thing forever. His dad was a coach. His dad was a manager. Um, I was always at work, always missed the games. David put in all the effort. Well, now David's gone. So I have to now do all this, right? So I would pack it up, take him to tryouts, take him to opening day, take him to all of his practices, take him to all of his games, be there for every game, the majority of the time by myself. Gavin was always on a team that sucked. Like every single team that he was on was always a losing team. So he never got to experience what it was like to be a champion until this year. So this year, again, his team sucked. But Gavin got asked to be an all-star this year. And that is the first time that that's happened to us. So we start the whole all-star experience. Everything's amazing. Um, He has to go again. Now we're going into month six seven of playing baseball now right and it's usually this is like four months long (laughs) by the time you get on your team practice and then through the season that's like four month period now we're at month six going into month seven um i'm starting to become over it but again you want to support your kid right i'm there i'm there for every game i'm there i it's like if i could call a friend bring somebody with me someone show up they're there with me he starts playing. He starts doing uh, practices. We're getting closer and closer to the tournament. And um, the tournament happens. It's over a weekend. Now, sportsmanship is a big thing in my house. I was always part of sports teams. Um, being there for your team is so important, even if you're sitting on the bench, right? You're there for your team. You're part of a team. It's not like you're a tennis player and there's nobody sitting on the bench helping you win. Yeah. Right? Wimbledon. So, Gavin's there. Game one, we go. Tater's with us, right? So, Tater's with us that weekend. He plays three innings. He struck out twice, but he's an outfielder. He does great at outfielding, but he's not very good at... Well, I shouldn't say that. That's terrible for me to say. He hasn't developed the skills. He hasn't developed the skills (laughs) yet to be a strong hitter. There we go! Okay? So... 
He struck out twice. The coach benched him the rest of the game. Didn't put him in. Okay. It is what it is. Next day, we have a tournament. But this is the kicker. So this is where this whole sportsmanship thing comes in. That night, they lose. Gavin told me that it was going to be a um, a, a first elimination um, losing team, right? So one game, if they lost one game, they were out. Right. We lost that game. So the next day, I was driving Gavin to my dad's house to go spend a couple weeks for the summer. We come out. Gavin comes over to me. His best friend comes up. And he's like, if you don't say something, I'm going to say something to her. And oh, I'm like, no. Like, say what? And Gavin just looks at me and he's like, we have a game tomorrow. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, we have a game. It's a double game elimination. Like we have to play two games to be eliminated. And I look at Gavin. I'm like, you weren't going to say anything. And he didn't, he kind of like put his head down and didn't really want to have that conversation with me. I waited till we got to the car and I let him have it. Like, this isn't what we do. You couldn't believe that you got selected to be an all-star to begin with. You were so excited to be part of this team. Now you lose a game you got benched and you're ready to bail. Like you're over it. I said, you have to be there for your team. He's like, it's not even guaranteed that I'm going to play. And I'm like, I don't care. You're there for your team. That's what we do. We don't give up. We don't quit. And he's like, okay, all right, we go, we pack up. He's pissed. Coach doesn't play him. We're there all day in the heat. It was the hottest day yet of the summer. And me, my mom and Taterbug are out there in the sun, miserable. He doesn't play. Okay pack it up, get in the car. That means we had games the next day. So we had a game the next day. I get there early. I go by myself. Cause I don't know. Cause if they win that game, they won that game, that game on Saturday in the heat, they won. So that meant it went on to the next game. We go, I pack up everything in the morning. I go by myself. A friend of mine meets me down there. We're sitting there. We get through the whole game. Gavin doesn't play again. Gavin's excited to be there and he's running back and forth, warming people up game ends they win I go up to the coach and I'm like Gavin gonna play is Gavin gonna play this game and he looks at me and he's like well we'll see and I'm like we'll see because if he's not gonna play let's wrap it up I'm out of <laughs> here right it's 100 degrees out here and I've been here for the last three days and he's just like well I told him that they needed to hit to play and this is a tournament this isn't like regular season we need to win and I'm like, okay, so I guess if you don't give him an opportunity to come back to bat, you don't know if he's going to be able to hit. And he's just like, no, we'll see. We'll see. The whole game happens. They win. Gavin didn't play one inning. Gavin's again excited just to be part of this team. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy that his team went, but I'm pissed that I just spent the last three days and my son played three innings. You in were three so days. Too. I was just like, I was sunburned. I was dehydrated. I was you tired. Every pool dinner we had, I every cookout. Every fun thing. But again, I wanted to be there for my kid, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I want. My kid wants to do. I want to support him. They win. State champions. Awesome. Next day, we start. Now preparing for this giant tournament in Los Angeles. And first game comes up, like the coach like gives all the rules. This is what it's going to cost a lot of money sending a kid a tournament, um, like a travel tournament like that too. So I needed to come up with a lot of money really quick. We start asking for friends. They have a, a, um, GoFundMe link, all this stuff. People are getting sponsors, everything. Now a couple Every single day he's going to practice, dropping him off, 
Gavin would be like, there's a new kid there. There's a new kid there. Now, mind you, at the beginning, the coach recruited these four kids that didn't play on our league, which I think is all against the rules. But hey, he was the president of the league, so he gets to do whatever he wants. Every day at this practice, there was a new kid, a new kid, a new kid, a new kid, to the point where Gavin's best friend comes up to him and he's like, that kid's to replace you. And I'm pissed because you worked really hard to get here. Now, the coach doesn't say anything to me that I'm spending thousands of dollars to go send my kid to this tournament and my, my kid's going to sit there on the bench the whole entire time. I'm not cool with that. Now, again, want my kid to be there for the team, but now that's not his team. There's all these new kids that nobody knows because this coach is just trying to win. Gavin's best friend quit the team. I was shortly thereafter where I was like, I'm not doing this. It's costing way too much money for you to do this. Now you've been permanently replaced. Like I was floored. I came back here livid, like livid. And I told you and Chad the story and Chad was like, we're going to practice tonight. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't do well with confrontation. And he's like, Oh, we're going to practice tonight. He's like, I want to talk to this coach. And he's like, actually just call him. And we called him and Chad let him have it. And it wasn't like he cussed at him, called him a fool, called him names, anything like that. He made sure this guy understood that he was ruining kids' dreams. These kids worked really hard to get onto this team, to be part of this league, to go to this tournament, to raise these monies for this tournament. Th their families stood behind them yeah. and pushed them and were there for all the practices and were there for all this stuff, out there raising money for them to go to this tournament. And this coach, the only thing that he was setting was the standard that it didn't make a difference about teamwork, about how they played, about sportsmanship. The only thing that mattered was winning. Mm -hmm. The only thing that mattered was winning. And I don't think that is the outlook to have with that raising group, a champion. They're so impressionable. You're building men. Exactly. Through baseball. Exactly. You're building men. You're teaching them fundamentals. You're teaching them sportsmanship. You're teaching them how to work with a team, how to be part of a team, um, how to experience things as a team. And the only thing that this coach was teaching them is that they weren't good enough. So I'm just going to go ahead and replace you illegally. So needless to say... Needless to say, I pulled him out of the league and he didn't go, but I couldn't be more excited that this team went down to LA and they were swept in two games. Like, and I feel like <laughs> karma just came around and slapped that coach right in the face. You know, like you've got to be so careful of who influences your kids and who you trust your kids with. Because I mean, JC was in public school, but we were in a small town. She went to the same high school I did. So we were very familiar with not just the people working there, but with their mama and their daddy and their grandma and their grandpa and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's not always like that. You know, you send your kid to public school, they spend more time at school than they get to spend waking hours at home. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're just having to trust that the world is raising your kid because you're doing what you're supposed to. And team sports is a great way to teach those characteristics. But if you got the right coach, not only, but it's not just the right coach, but I, I feel like we're running into this on a regular basis. It's so like, it's politics. It's politics with everything. Like there's so many, and it, it just blows my mind. Like, you're not going to make this team because you weren't part of this league beforehand. And the only way that you make this team is if you were in this travel team that I coached before. And if I'm the president of a league, then I can actually bend the rules all I want and bring in new kids. And it doesn't really make a difference. Like 
you try so hard to make the right decisions for your kid. You tried so hard to make, be involved in so many different things and make sure that they're going the right direction and they're doing the things that they love and you're pushing them and supporting them every single way you come. I mean, every single way that you can, but then crap like this happens and it's just like, it kind of deflates you and you're just like, do you really want to do this Gavin? Oh, but you do know you what? Really? This is the, this is the learning point right here is because you focus so hard on what they can learn there. Mm-hmm. But what you've really taught him to do is to handle reality. Yep. Because life is hard and throws you curveballs all the time. And so many times parents just take care of things. And they don't teach the kid how to navigate this. Right. And so um, I don't remember if that book actually addressed this one topic, but I've been very open and honest with my kids about reality mm-hmm. of so life and hurdles and things that we've gone through. And so like JC doesn't ride anymore. She, you know, she definitely had a massive disappointment when um, it came to riding in college. But now that she's two years into school, it's like a massive eye opener as to why these doors shut and other big doors open. Yeah. Because she took those lessons and has applied them. Like she started this summer. It wasn't what she had in mind. It wasn't the internship that she felt she was promised. But she stuck it out and she took those principles of of taking that glass that seemed half empty, mm-hmm. turning it to half full. And she's about to have to go back to school now. You know, I mean, she only has like a week left there. And she's like, I'm going to miss this so much where she's supposed to spend next summer with, with us. But now she's like, I may have to come back here okay. because she it was all in the attitude and the perception of how she received the experiences that she had. So that we found another league because Gavin hasn't made the high school ball team yet, but we found another league that is like a travel ball league and um, his best friends in this league and Gavin's been invited to come and try out with them and do some practices and things like that. I had a long talk with that coach and I haven't heard the best things about him, but at the same time, I had such a good warm hearted feeling when I had this conversation with him, when I'm telling him like all the obstacles that we've had so far in baseball. And he's just like, maybe this all happened for a reason. Yeah. And maybe this is the reason that I'm going to end up with an awesome team this year because all of these has happened. All of these things have happened to these handful of boys right that are so passionate about the sport and want to do this so bad and now i'm going to end up with all of them on my team and i was just like so that's the glass half full right exactly so and and it doesn't necessarily raising champions doesn't necessarily mean that they have to win at everything that they do it doesn't mean that they have to go home with the gold medal that they have to go home with the gold pony or what was it the, <laughs> <laughs> it was golden horse and the it's the horse. overall like high point for the entire show for um not the sh- that show but like the season or whatever for the age group yeah but as long as they're working hard and working at what they love and doing it the right way with standards and a, a whole, whole happy heart what is your little I say humble grateful heart humble grateful heart but they're giving it their all everything that they do that was 
when Chad got off the phone with that coach and I was just like, yeah, you gave it to him. <laughs> Chad turned around and it was just like, now we get to work. Yeah. We get to work. Gavin has areas that he needs to improve on. Let's get going here. How can we focus on this? How can we make him stronger? He needs a workout schedule. He needs this. It wasn't like a, sorry, son, you quit the team and now you can go play video games the rest of the summer. Absolutely not. It's tonight, reality of to- life. Yeah. Tonight <clears throat> he started all new um, lessons with this guy that Chad knows. And I was so grateful for it because I took him and Clay son to it and introduced myself to the guy, had the little conversation with him. He was kind of like, can't believe our little story either. And I sat there and watched my son and just 10 minutes in, my son was playing so much better. And at the end, when we walked out and I'm like, did you like it? He was like, I loved it. Like, I loved it. It was so great, mom. Because he found somebody that speaks his language that mm-hmm. can inspire him. And, and he that was makes making him a better player. Yeah. Just by like watching him and paying attention to him and having that one-on-one time with him. And instantly, and I didn't even know this, my son texted Chad, like I got home. I'm like, Gavin loved it. Thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for doing that. And he's like, yeah, Gavin texted me. And I'm like, what did he say? Like what? He text. he was so happy. But then this is where I come in as a badass mom. Right? Like I've taught my son that like, you already know you need to be thankful for these opportunities yeah. because not everybody gets this kind of stuff right. in life. So I found a great quote today. Um, and it's from Michael Jordan. So I was a huge bulls fan forever. And now I, I cannot even watch the oh NBA gosh. I can't yeah. watch it because it's such it's different now but in the 90s like I remember like the 80s my dad was a um a Celtics fan and no he was a Laker fan and I was no he was a Celtics fan I was a Laker fan and then it changed to the 90s and that was the whole dream team and the Bulls like I was such a huge Bulls player uh I mean Bulls fan that Michael Jordan became a big part of my life and I followed him throughout his career. So Michael Jordan, I found this little saying from him and he said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. Yeah. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Right? right. So you have to fail. You have to hit rock bottom in well, order for learning. you to. It, yeah. Exactly. And it's, I feel like every single day in life is a lesson. Every single day you learn something new. If you don't learn something new, that's one thing we say at the dinner table all the time. I'm like, what'd you learn today? Like, what'd you learn today? Yeah. Cause it's so important. Even if it's the stupidest little thing, like I realized that I could do this on my iPhone to erase 3,000 emails at one time. Like, <laughs> by all means, you learn something, son. You learn something. So that's what it's all about for me. Well, and it boils down to just, like, having a relationship, you know, with a house full of girls, just me with those girls at home. Sometimes it could get a little circus-like. Yeah. So what I have always said is, like, at the end of the day, we're all going to have our issues or whatever but we're all on the same team and we all got to get each other's back. So you can just come. We can just have our little meeting. We can say whatever we want to say. Nobody takes a personal. Let's get it out. Let's find our bridge. Let's move on as a team together. Yeah. And my shooting coach has just become literally a life coach for me because I don't shoot with him anymore. 
But I talk to him every single day because this education for me to be my best self is never going to end. And I have just loved investing in that and then pouring out what I've learned into my kids. Yeah. And so this was what he sent me today. And we can we can end on this because I think this has just been so good. And it's been really good for me to sit and reflect on what's important because our life is so busy and crazy sometimes that we do just have to stop like we did this last weekend. I think Chad and I probably said, my God, we're just so blessed a hundred times, but it really wasn't necessarily about the kids. It was about our own personal journeys, but getting to share how we got there and to keep that humble, grateful heart, I think is the best environment that you could ever share with a kid because no matter what you have, it's always sweeter when you have the gratitude. Yeah. You know, and so this is what Demas sent me today. In life, you will realize that there's a role for everyone you meet. Some will test you, some will use you, some will love you, and some will teach you. But the ones that are important are the ones who bring out the best in you. They are rare and amazing people who remind you why it's worth it. And so... Like we talk about our kids and we want to be our best for our kids all the time. But that, you know, goes back to saying, okay, we got to be our best self so that we can pour our best self into our kids so that they can figure out how to be their best self. Mm -hmm. We can't make them. No. They have to figure that out on their own. But we need to make sure that we give them the biggest opportunity, the best opportunity. And the environment and our verbalization matters more than we can ever put a price on. I 100% agree with that one. Yeah. I think that was a great end to this little podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I just hope everybody just sits back and says, you know what? Like, no matter what I have to face, no matter what the baggage is, the hurt, the whatever that's standing in the way of you just living in complete and utter joy, like, just do it. Just put one step in front of the other. You're never going to have all the answers, but it's Nobody so is perfect. worth it to know, like, I don't really care what the unknown is. This is a heck of a ride and I mm-hmm. love every day. Yeah. And I have not always lived that life. I haven't until, I mean, for the last few years I have, but I didn't for a really long time. It was never about myself, never about taking care of myself. And now that is my main purpose is to be like, if I'm happy and I'm living a good life and then I'm showing that to my children mm-hmm. and making sure that they're making the right decisions. That I'm doing my job. Yep. You're modeling for them how to be their best self. And it's so amazing. Thanks, Jen. That was a really good one. I love you, girl. I love you, too. All right. Thank you guys so much. One of these days, we're going to be saying, babe, thank you. Brought to you by babe. But really, let's give it up for This Life Ain't For Everybody. Because that's really who brought us here together. That is. And This Life so Ain't thank For you. Everybody. This Life Ain't <laughs> For Everybody. And we're part of the list, This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast group. Um, we'd like to thank everybody that helps out and edits for us and helps us come up with topics and sends us questions we love you guys all so no so next time we're coming to you from pcb yeah we're gonna be at the beach i'm gonna probably be sunburned but hey i'm gonna bring aloe this time <laughs> so i have that so thank you guys for listening to 40 years to freedom podcast this is signing off from jen and the lovely anna v can't wait to talk to y'all again we'll see you soon